2: Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is now golf pro radio time. Normally you think it's those weekend golf guys with John Ashton, but you know, this is early in the morning for him. He is an afternoon tea time kind of guy. So I brought together with me today the dew sweeper himself. <laughs> the the doctor of golf for amateurs, tour pros, aspiring tour pros, heavy duty college players, you name it. Here is the man with me today, Mr. Tony Ruggiero. Tony, thanks. Appreciate you coming yeah. on. We're going to have a good time talking today.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on Jeff and, uh, uh, always nice to sit in on somebody else's show and see if I can mess people up and get you thrown off the air or something. So no, we'll have some fun. And, uh, uh, hopefully help some folks place better golf and, um, you're doing great stuff. I've got so much good stuff going on. I'm happy to sit in for a few.
2: Well, you know, we, we like to have a lot of fun on this show. You know, you've, you've been here before and, and we appreciate it. So, you know, one of the things that we always do, by the way, it's tough to get me thrown off the air because John is very good at editing.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so. one of the advantages of recorded shows. And I went to him years back. Um, but when I started way back, I think it was 18, 19 years ago doing golf radio and stuff on the panhandle and then, and teaching obviously was my first thing, but, uh, you know, it was live. So it was a little different. Did it live for a while. And then a couple of years ago, a few years ago, back in mobile, uh, we, we started doing it live again and, uh, we've gone back to having it edited. I'm way better when you can edit.
2: Yeah. I, you, you know you're a little bit more free to, to flow when you can know oh, you can yeah. edit you know oh, yeah. there's always that I've, I've sat on stage i've done some things in front and we even did some shows live at the pga show for about mm-hmm. eight years yeah we we had our show there and we did it it was out in the hallway and there's people sitting in front of you oh. and you know <laughs> that it's live and mm-hmm. it's a whole different animal you know, you, you're just not as free to to speak in the way that you normally would, and you know that's why we like that's why I like this show. I can do whatever I want, darn near, right? Because we're supposed to have some fun. This is about us just yeah. sitting around talking about golf. But now that I've got you on the show, I don't want to talk about golf. I want to talk about how you have fun as an instructor. What kind of stuff, you know, kind of trips your trigger when you're working with people?
1: Well, I mean, one. You know, um, I try to create a fun environment, or what I think is fun. Fun for me, you know. Obviously, I play a lot of music uh, when we, when we teach. Uh, you know, I know some of the some of the older. Uh, my old mentor HJ would probably he would probably he's probably rolling over in his grave at some of the videos I post and yeah. and uh, I you know I think even Mark Wood, who was such a big a great friend and big influence, he, he's. I don't think he originally would have liked music, but, uh, now he's softened a little bit. We do stuff together. We get the, we get the Bushnell Wingman out. I, Oh, I carry it in my, in my uh, backpack everywhere I go. Even So when I'm yeah. teaching on the road, I, I have some music and we got a little playlist. We call do USA on, <clears throat> on, on Spotify. I don't even know how it started. It started years back. Um, uh, at the country club of mobile, we had, we called it the dome and it was this little tent and then it turned into a teaching, great facility they built for us. But, uh, uh, we always had, we started building that playlist that we would have Fridays where students got to pick us, put a song on the playlist and <clears throat> so forth. And so over the years that's grown and, and, you know, we had fun with that. So, I mean, I think that, I think creating a fun environment is one, um, you know, uh, I think teaching with a team of people is fun. I mean, obviously I think like you, I mean, I still give tons of one hour lessons. I'm going to give seven of them today. Um, you know, that, uh, where it's just me one-on-one, um, actually the first one I am teaching with Morgan Hale. Uh, but you know, I I like to involve Morgan and, uh, different people, Mark Hackett you know Dan Turlesky down there at Old Palm. You know Lynn Valentine, Richard Turg, all the people on the staff at Old Palm. Like we teach them together, you know. And I think that uh, I like to involve different people: Colby Touye, Morgan Hale, Jack Squirt, all the people that are in and around us. Scott Lynn, I know you know Dr. Lynn. Um, oh yeah. You know, um, and Dr. Greg Carton. Like we all, I like to involve different disciplines. You know, mental coaching, biomechanics fitness and performance, other teachers, other great teachers, uh, short game. I like to involve a bunch of different minds. And I think that like, for me, that's fun. You know, I probably wish I was tall enough, fast enough to play football or basketball and be on a team, you know? Right. Um, and so, uh, but the people I always identified with most and spent the most time with were head coaches. And so I think that, uh, having a team of people around you to me is what kind of gets me going. And I think everybody pushes everybody, um, to be a little better. I know that the stuff I do on tour with Colby and Greg really have pushed me to become better teacher and, and, a, and a better person. And so, uh, you know, so that I think that's what gets me going is the team approach and, 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 you know, people that just want to get better. I think I'm one of the few guys I say that, um, you know, that goes and travels and you know, teaches a fair amount, like whether it's corn fairy or PGA tour. Like I still, you know, I hadn't priced myself out of the market where you can't teach a regular person, yeah. a person wants a a, a golf lesson. And I uh, will still give a one hour lesson to anybody that calls or texts or messages and was like, Hey, senior stuff, man, I'm 15 handicap or 18 20 handicap. I just really want to get better and think you could help me, right. And so like those things still really interest me. I still like, um, and and I guess not to ramble here, I'm probably rambling like an idiot, but like, you know, I I still really enjoy the personal side of it, right? And getting to know, that's you know. That's the thing that trips our trigger. You know, a, a great friend and student that I met during my few couple of years at Frederica, Matt Kopsky. Kopsky, like he came and spent basically a week with me at Old Palm. You know, hanging out and having dinner, and you know, like those. Like he's had, like he had his best year ever playing last year, but like, you know, we got a lot of work done. But it's the, you know, I I still enjoy the, and and I think I always will, the team culture, and then you combine that with the relationship stuff. Like I'm not big on the transactional, like just some guy wants it to be, you know, an hour and blah blah blah. I mean, like you know that. that, Probably isn't my, you know, that 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 there's people that want that, and there's people that are great at that. That's just not my forte.
2: Yeah, I get you there because I I like having fun and I like getting to know the players. You know, in here in Indiana, you know, I got a lot of I got a lot of adults. I've I've had a lot of focus on high school kids getting them into college and doing all that, and I love that because there's just something about that that I'm actually I'm, I'm mentoring young minds for more than just golf. You know, you check in with them. You know, you provide an environment that they want to come to. You know, right. like you said, there's music playing. We're going to have fun, and we're going to we're going to challenge each other. You know, and I'll take him out to the short game area, and and I'll just say, all right, we're going to even have contests here or there. Just me and him or me and her. Right now, what are we going to do? Because you and I both know, with all these competitive golfers, they have to compete in practice or they're not doing it. They can mm-hmm. you we can technique them to death. We can get anybody to hit a great shot, but can they hit a great shot when it's time to hit the great shot? And so we try to create that scenario. I love doing that.
1: I think and, I do. I mean, you know, that's part, it. Of, part of mentoring and be part of creating a fun culture or a successful culture. I mean, fun is a huge part of it. But also there's times I'm very direct and I'm very hard on the player in front of me. Yeah. You know? Um, I think accountability is a big part of a successful program, right? Uh, you know, well, I, we
2: both get players who are serious about what they're doing in words, so we have to make sure that they're serious about it in
1: actions. Well, yeah, and I mean, you got to hold people. You got to hold players. I mean, you know, obviously, it applies to all skill levels. If you want to get better, you've got to be disciplined, and you've got to put effort in, and you've got to be held accountable. But obviously, as you go up the ladder, as far as competitive players, that becomes more important, right? And, uh, you know, I've got some players that, um, you know, I think one thing I've learned over the course of, you know, the last however many years, but especially the last five, four or five years to seven years is like, um, you know, one of my strengths as a teacher and a coach, I think, is that, you know, we become very close and friends and family and in relationship building i think one thing i've been weak is on is at times being tough and being direct and holding them accountable um because that's uncomfortable if you're the buddy or you're a friend and you become very close with them but i think over the last couple years maybe the area one of the areas i've grown the most as a coach is the ability to say no and the ability to hold people accountable um you know, and so, you know, I think that's something that I've tried to really get better at. You know, it's like somebody asked me, uh, we do this golf mentoring, golf coach development page, Justin Parsons, Wayne Flint, Jack Squirt, myself on, on Instagram. And it's a free service, you know, for young coaches coming up. Right. And we have like 300 and something uh, Jackson keeps up with it, but that, you know, we have monthly zoom calls and so forth. <clears throat> and, um, you know, when I, I get, it's flattering. I mean, I don't understand why anybody wants to listen to me, but like, you know, a young teacher called and was asked like, what's, you know, how are you developed? What do you still do to develop? I mean, you know, every year I'm trying to get better at something. And, you know, every year over the holidays, December, January, first part of January, over the holidays, you know, especially around New Year's, my wife and I always go down to the Keys and spend a few days away, you know, and I'm always trying to think like, you know, what do I have to get better at? And I think, you know, that's that's a big one for me was like, I got to get better at being tougher. And so well, I, and that's I how we, to,
2: that's, that's how we tool. Right. All right. So in, in, as we've been talking a little bit, you know, what are the things that make us better all the time? We're going to come right back with some things that we're doing specifically to make sure that we are accountable to ourselves to get better. So hang out with us, folks. We
0: got the great Tony Ruggiero. Hang out. I drink coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. I'm drinking coffee almost all day long, and I found a brand new product that's making my coffee and my health even better. It comes from Phil Mickelson and his performance coach, Dave Phillips. They worked together on it. Now, this podcast is sponsored by them. It's called For Wellness, and For Wellness is a functional food brand with a unique range of snacks and supplements that are designed to help you get the most out of your body and mind. I love this stuff. I've been drinking my coffee with the good stuff. That's what it's called, the good stuff every morning, and I love it. I've also got superfood focus bites that taste like a chocolate brownie, coffee pods, and more amazing products. Okay, so if you drink coffee, it's time to give 4Wellness a try. Head to 4wellness.com slash guys and use code Guys for 25% off your order. Once again, 4wellness, F-O-R wellness.com backslash guys for 25% off. And make sure you use our promo code golfguys so they know we sent you
2: hey it's us those weekend golf guys we're back minus john ashton because yeah he's still sleeping so i got the dew sweeper we got the guys that can get up and get that 6 30 in the morning tea time we're doing it baby so tony and i are having this great conversation about how we have fun in, in golf lessons and now we're going to flip the script a little bit and we're going to look at ourselves and say, hey, as a coach, how do I hold myself accountable? You know, I got a handful of things, too. You mentioned it coming into the, into the last segment there. I do a few things that I'm making sure that I've got this list of things that I know that I need to be really good at. And I review an awful lot of materials to make sure that I'm truly knowledgeable about what I'm saying. I don't want to lose track of, you know, if, if you and I are talking about, how we're using ground force and some of these things to help make our players a little bit better, maybe change a path here or there. If that's what we're trying to come up with, maybe we're just trying to make them faster, but I, I keep reviewing the same stuff and making sure that I haven't missed out on that. So I'm going through old material, but not too old. I'm trying to keep up with everything I can, but my biggest thing that I'm trying to do is continue to work on how I talk to people is my communication style, my communication skills. I go and see other coaches still today. Here I am as busy as I can be. I'm making time to go visit other coaches because they've got some magic somewhere, somehow they've got it. And I want to know what that is. If they're, especially Tony, if they're doing it differently than I'm doing it, holy smokes, I need to see that because I don't have the corner on the market of anything that's good. I don't have it. I'm trying to learn it from everybody like you and all these other great teachers that you and I both know. I want to go visit. I want to go see it. I want to go see why and how they are as great as they are at getting through to their players. Who is it that's a great tour player right now? Who's their coach? Who's a great college player right now? Who's their coach? Who's a great high school player? Who's their coach? There's people out there all over the place that are in our business that are fantastic that unfortunately we never hear about. So I'm trying to get better by listening and learning from them.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. There's, there's obviously, <clears throat> I said for years that, you know, I thought Wayne Flint was the most underrated golf teacher and most unrecognized great teacher that I that I knew or that I uh, knew of any. And the list of list of people that he uh, that he'd mentored and so for or mentored and coached and taught and developed was, was impressive. And so, you know, I, you know, you look, there are, there's a lot of folks out there that are doing great things that we, that we don't, uh, don't always know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you always gotta be wanting to learn. You always gotta be, you be I think the biggest thing you can do is, is you gotta be willing to look at yourself honestly and look at the things you're deficient at. Um, the teachers that drive me nuts and I, my pet peeves and that would be a show best after wine and whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like there's a bunch of them that, you know, that I don't, you know, not crazy about like, but it's, uh, it, you know, I, I, nobody has all the answers. No, nobody, nobody's systems better than anybody else's. Um, you know, in my least, my favorite pet peeve is the, is the, why well, guess when you can measure, right? Like we're all guess to an extent. They used to think the world was flat. We don't know that the crap that you're measuring and stuff now is accurate. Like everybody's trying, everybody's guess, everybody's trying to do the best. Nobody's really, I, I think nowadays we've all got mostly the same information for this most part. You know, I think track man and all this stuff and the, you know, D plane and all, you know, I mean. I, I think that helped explain a lot of stuff that we all knew. And, you know, but I, I think, uh, man, I think, you know, my challenge is just to keep, you know, keep trying to, you know, build a better culture around these guys and, and, and to be honest with players and to be direct, probably coach them a little harder at times. I probably got to do a little bit better at that. I, I think I've done a decent job getting better the last couple of years and, and, uh, um, you know, I always say biggest challenge is to not change who you are just because you think that's the popular fad right now or the thing, right? You know, because coaching or teaching a certain way, using a certain device, whatever. I mean, there's eight, eight zillion examples, you know, is popular and it's what's on social media. So. I don't yeah, know,
2: that that whole what's popular and on social media stuff. I mean, let, let's just look at it from in, in trends in, in golf instruction you know, just, Mm -hmm. just turn our, our attention back. You know, we're both old enough. We've both taught long enough to remember guys like Payne Stewart and Fred Couples who were Mm -hmm. not flat at the top and who were not bowed at the top. And yet now all of a sudden there's this trend out there last few years, you know, that, that they're looking at at risks that are, that are bowed. And all of a sudden everybody's talking like, everybody's got to do that. Like, wait a second. That is not it. Look, the history of golf is full of people doing it a lot of different ways. And they all had club control and they all had ball control and they all had enough power and they were wizards of short game. seems like that's pretty good formula.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, it, like it, if you get it, there's a, to me there's a huge difference between a guy coming to you. That's a high level player. Already really good and has an open face, his arms are high or whatever. Yeah. And he's already really good versus a 15 handicapper whose arms are a little high, face is open, whatever. Yeah. Right. right. You and, got two
2: different abilities to get the face to tell the ball
1: what to do right. that they like. And I mean, I, I, it drives me crazy. Like you see, you'll see people on these Instagram posts and they'll show a picture of so and so, and it's this way at mm-hmm. the top, and he's moved up, but he's a great player, but whatever. And they'll yeah. see, like, oh, there's swing, your swing. There's no but like you, you discredit the fact that you put that person up against somebody that's a 20 handicap that does the same thing. That this guy on the left is one of the, is a freak athlete one of the most talented in the world at what he does. So I still believe there's fundamentals. I still think that there's outliers. I think a lot of those outliers play the tour. Um, Yeah. You know, but I still think, you know, heck, I'm old school. I still think a square face is better than shut, way better than open. I still think you want to develop a pivot back and through within their their limitations and their range of motions. Obviously, there's times that people can't do it as well as much as others. But like I, I think that people come to us to get better at things and to be coached, and our job is to our job is to coach and push them along those lines of those things that'll make them better. And I think we get too nowadays we get too caught up in. There was a guy back, you know. There's a guy that's number five in the world and he's a little this way, a little this way. So we're going to let some guy that's a twenty handicapper stay that way. Well, they're you're not. They're not They're you know. They're not both. That's not even the same person. Right. But then people, fall, people fall into that nowadays more than others. And there's all these, you know, you go to all these seminars and all that stuff and they're showing you all these, well, like, I mean, let's face it. If we're teaching regular people, they're not as athletic. They're not as talented. Like, so let's go back to the fundamentals of things that'll make somebody better.
2: Well, and I agree with that. I talked to a lot of the players mm-hmm. that I talked to and I'm like, look, if, if we just switch sports for a second, And we called this, we're working on your basketball skills. Let's understand you're not Michael Jordan. Let's go right there. There's some some things that superhuman athletes can do better than the average person. But more often than not, here we are teaching the average person, the average athlete with a life and a a spouse and kids and jobs and all this kind of stuff. You know, or we're teaching housewives or we're teaching people that aren't doing this for a living. And they're not super freak athletes either. So what we got to do is look at the person that's standing in front of us and say, what am I working with? What are my options? What do I have? Maybe they've got equipment that's lousy for them and we still have to work within those frameworks because look, I'm living in Southern Indiana. There's not a lot of people around here that are just going to be able to snap their fingers and get different equipment.
1: Right. Yeah. And I I think that we, if we just say like, somebody's got no mobility, right-handed player on their right leg, their trail leg. So we're just going to leave them leaning over on their left. Okay. <clears throat> we use that as an example. Cause that's one of my favorites. Right. Scott, Scott Lynn and I argue about it, but like, if we just leave them there, we're assuming that that person doesn't want to work at it. and doesn't want to get better. Now there are the people that physically like they've got a, whatever they, right. you know, they're it, it have right. But we're assuming that they don't. We're making that decision for them. I mean, golf's a rotary sport. And it's like throwing a baseball you, or football. You wind into your trail side, unwind. There's a sequence and rotate through onto your lead side. So, like, to me, you know, like, I don't make those decisions for them. I tell them, okay, here's what you kind of want to happen. Here's where you are. Now, we can physically make you better. And you can do this, this, and this and learn the motor skill get better at it. Or if you don't care and you don't, you're don't, you not going to spend any time and you want a ceiling about how much better you're going to get or how much ball control or how much speed you can have or whatever it is, then we'll leave you there. But I'm probably not the guy for you.
2: Right. I, you know what? We have to make that decision as coaches all the time. And we're going to pick up on that in our next segment because this is one of the things that I love to talk about with other coaches is how are we making our decisions with the player that's out in front of us. We'll be right back. Don't you move.
0: Man, you know, sometimes it can feel like we're a little too busy to take care of our own health problems. You know, so much going on. We don't want to spend any of our free time waiting around in a doctor's office and long pharmacy lines. Well, now you don't have to with Hims, Hims, H-I-M-S, is changing men's health care by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process 100% online, and you can get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. If it's prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting room, no pharmacy visits. So start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash golfguys. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash golfguys for your personalized treatment options. hymns.com slash golfguys. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash golfguys for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Prices vary based on product and subscription plan.
2: hey we're back it's those weekend golf guys minus john ashton again he's still in bed snoozing away but the dew sweeper he's up with us we're talking golf we're talking golf instruction and and here we are thinking about as coaches as teachers of the game and teachers of different people you know one of the things we have to figure out is who's in front of us what do they have what are what are their assets what are their liabilities here we are talking about usually we're talking about golf swings And how to move a ball better, more consistently for the player that's in front of us. We got to figure out what do we have, and so we got to ask some questions throughout. It isn't just that initial conversation because life changes for a lot of people, right? Guy shows up on your doorstep. He's a 22 handicap guy. He says he wants to get to a 10, and that's his initial goal. And you know, and I know that it's going to take a little bit of time. Gonna take a little bit of effort. And maybe in the third or fourth time they come around, something's changed in their life where they can't put as much time, effort, energy into it. And the scenario just changed. Or maybe they just went out and went hog wild and bought themselves a new set of X, Y, or Z clubs because they were on sale, or they just had a hankering for it. And next thing you know, they've just spent their money on a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't even get fit for. And yet they're they're out of cash and they just made it worse. What kind of decisions do we have to make as teachers to make this player as good a player as he can be because he falls into that recreational golfer category, he falls into that avid golfer category, he's dying to get better and he's paid the great Tony to come help him or he's paid Jeff Smith to come help him. We got some different decisions we have to make, isn't don't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, you know, the first lesson you know, I think is your time to lay the plan out. Right. And so I think you got to address all of that. Right. And so I think you, you know, when a person comes to you and they're, you said 21 and they want to be a 10, you know, uh, first thing I do is just like a quick physical assessment where I just make them stand on their right leg and their left leg in their golf posture, make a pivot drill. Right. Let's see how strong and stable they are on each side. And you know, and explain some things about what that you know, quick, quick physical thing, right? And 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 then, uh, you know, and say, okay, so like, here's where your golf swing is. Here's what's causing you to be a 21. I mean, you know, if a guy's a 21, he probably sucks at short game too. I mean, I haven't met that many 21s that can really put that are that are 10 handicappers below or, or below inside 50 yards, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I still use, I'm old school, right. And I know there's tons of stats out there, but my good friend, I mean, you know, I've known him forever since early HJ HJJs, Peter Sanders. And he's got a little app called shot by shot. And the reason I always liked it for like my club level golfers was it gave them a handicap for like their short game and every part of their game. I always thought that was fascinating because like a regular golfer could really see that, right? Like, Okay. So when you break it down, you're like, well, my, you know, I'm trying to get to be a ten. Like, you know, my driving's an eleven. It's really not as bad as I think it is, right? And my, yeah. my, you know, my approach games of fifteen. But you know, pitching and chipping, I'm a twenty-five, right? Like, you know, you, you know, I think that like it's hard when you get a first lesson. We don't have, you know, a tour player comes to me. I can before they come to me, I can go and get as much info as I need, at least get a pretty good day. Right. Um, but, um, you know, like the recreational player, we don't, so you got to pick around and get more information and, you know, uh, and so forth. So, but like, you know, my approach with a 21 handicapper is exactly the same as it is with a PGA tour player. And, you know, I want to see you hit, I remember Lucas Glover, first time Lucas Glover came to me and, you know, we had a great five, five and a half year run. And, you know, but I put Lucas on a rope, which was the target line and made him at square. I wanted to see where the ball goes when you're aimed square, right. And the balls yep. in, in the same spot. Right. And I do that virtually with every, every player you come to see me and hack and Dan at old Palm. And uh, I mean, it's the same, I mean, we're going to watch you hit some and see where it goes, where you're aimed square. And, and try to get as much info as we can about you physically and what you shoot, uh, you know, uh, watch, watch you hit. I like to watch him hit a few pitch shots, you know, get you a whole picture, but yeah, you got to make decisions for this, you know, but you gotta, you gotta explain to the student, the first lesson, like, here's where you are, here's where you're trying to go. <clears throat> this is what keeps you from getting there in my opinion. And you could go to 10 pros and they'd all tell you 10 different things. Um,
2: but you have to evaluate something somehow first. You know, we yeah. just met them. They just rolled in. So we got to ask some questions and get some real answers. You know, I, you know, I kind of get to it in a, in a kind of to the point question. I got two stats right away that that I asked them, And I said, I want you to think back to what's normal in, say, your last 10 rounds of golf. I, I want to know in your head, what's your proximity to the hole in regulation? And I want to know that one. And I want to know the length of your second putt, mm-hmm. and, and that'll tell me an awful lot about where I need to go first.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because the, the length of the second putt tells you a whole lot about the first one. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You combine yeah. those two things. I mean, think about it. If some guy comes to you and he's honest and he's correct. And he says, my proximity to the hole and regulation is 20 yards on average. Chances are pretty good. I'm not going ball striking on him first. I'm going up and down like crazy because 20 yards isn't all that far away for a guy who rolls in and says he's a 20, 21 handicap and he can, and he can get it out there. And in, in regulation, now, if he's correct and honest and he can throw 20 yards at you on average, you're like, all right, so if I stood at a hole and I'm 20 yards away, that's pretty damn good for that level of player. I'm probably not going to try to shave the strokes there first. I'm probably, well, probably
1: headed toward what could, What else can we do to go find those few strokes? You know, my approach always is, you know, my old mentor, H. Chad, mentioned him. He had a bunch of great lines over the years, but he used to always say as I was coming along and I was starting to get better, and you know, he would always say, you got to be able to interview the student. You got to be able to answer their question first. Right. So if they come to you for a full swing lesson, because they think that they're not better because of X, Y, or Z, you got to be able to answer that. Right. So you got to give them, you know, I do agree. Like you got to go. And if if they can hit it 50, 60 feet from the hole all the time, whatever it's short game, but, you know, I think, you know, I always start with the full swing and address it there because you got to me. It's also a business. We want them to come back. Right. If, and so, you know, you got to address, I think if you can address and answer their question or what they perceive is their problem and you can fix that, then I think you've got them locked. I think they'll trust you.
2: Well, you're right. right? You know, you you get them hooked because you gave them what they came for, right? Mm-hmm. Guy comes in says, Tony, I want to hit a draw with my driver. He might be hitting a beautiful 10 yard fade that winds up in the right. center to right center of the fairway with plenty of power on it. But he came to you and said, Tony, I want to curve the ball the other way.
1: Yeah, now that doesn't mean they leave hitting a draw it means you can explain why they don't hit a draw right and if you go to hit a draw here's the other bing 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 things right. that are going to happen may not be as good but you got to at least be able to explain it and address it right and yeah. you know, i i think we make the you know the assumption that you know the golfer being I mean, the golfers know what we're talking about or know some of the concepts and You don't have to be crazy complicated, but I think you got to be able to explain what's trying to happen and what's going on and explain what they're doing and how it affects all the other things going on in the golf swing or with the, or how it relates to the golf ball. I think you'll get better.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, when do you start talking to them about putting when they start talking about score? When do you start hitting them with that? Let's say that, you know, you've addressed that. I want to hit a, I want to hit a driver better. I want to hit a three wood better, whatever it happens to be. But in this big picture that we're, we're creating for them, when do you start talking about getting the ball in the hole?
1: Well, if, you know, if they're standing there and you know, you're doing the interview and you're hit, hitting, they're hitting and you address their question. I mean, they've hit 15 balls all good. You're like, I mean, well, do you chip it good? Yeah. Do you put it good? And I think after that, they'll, they'll, they'll be honest. They'll be like, Well, I'm not very, you know, I mean, no, I mean, this type of chip scares the heck out of me or whatever it is, you know? And again, I think it goes back to where we kind of started, maybe it was this segment or the last one, like a lot of that's just the personality and the relationship deal, right? You got to kind of figure part of that out. Yeah.
2: Well, I agree. I think that there's certain things you got to go, all right, when do we do this? I'll go at it. if If they came to me and they say the usual, well, I want to be more consistent. I kind of get to it and say, okay, what are you shooting and what do you want to shoot? Mm-hmm. And then we're, and then I'll hit them, where do you think we could save the most strokes in your game with the least amount of trouble right now? And I'll go at them that way because then they're going to give me the, the starting point. That way I've addressed the issue, but I've done it in the way that they brought it up. So a lot of the times they're giving me part of the roadmap. And since that's the first thing that flew out of their mouth, I'm probably headed that direction because apparently that's the thing on their mind. So yep. I'll, I'll get to that. So let's talk a little bit more about that in, in the next segment. And then let's, let's go to one other fun little conversation I wanted to have with you uh, that about good. that. So, hey, everybody, stick around. we got one more segment with the great Tony Ruggiero. Stick around. Don't go away.
0: You know, as business people... What we know is we are always driven for the search for better, better products, better profits, better employees. But when it comes to hiring, you know the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. And match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and just head right to Indeed. That's what we should have done when we were looking to replace temporarily Intrepid producer Mark. We knew he'd be gone for a year. We were inundated with phone calls, letters, resumes. We didn't have the time, we didn't have the patience. So listen, you need Indeed if you're looking to hire. And listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash weekend. Just go to Indeed.com slash weekend right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this show. Indeed.com slash weekend. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: All right, everybody. It's Jeff Smith back again for those weekend golf guys here with the one and only Tony Ruggiero, the do sweeper himself. The guys working with tour players, college players, average players. He's worked with high school kids. He works with everybody. He is having a lot of fun. He's down in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach at uh, at uh, old, dang Old Palm with Mark Hackett and, and a great crowd of t- people. And you're also in Mobile, Alabama. So how does that, how does that work with you bouncing back and forth like that? How do you like that? Well,
1: I like it. I think variety is the spice of life. Um, I love, you know, the transition to Palm Beach Gardens and Old Palm and Dan and Act have been, and Lynn and Richard have been amazing and the staff there, like making me feel part of the team. Right. And that's always the question when you come into a place and you kind of start doing some stuff and, you want to feel like part of the team and stuff. And, and uh um, you know, I couldn't be more complimentary of how good they are, but uh, you know, uh, but from my end, it comes by having a great staff. Like Morgan Hale's been with me for nine years watching her grow as a teacher and then also as a golf fitness person. Um, so she goes with us some to old palm, but she kind of runs the day-to-day stuff and teaches day to day in Mobile. And I'm i teach way more in mobile than people think you know i i probably i teach as many days in it's almost 50 50 you know um i've got obviously over the years i've got a huge client base in, in alabama and around the southeast and so having a great staff and people help you is, it makes able to do a lot of the things that we're doing now and um as you know as long as you've been in it though like that takes a long time to get people where you want them and what you like it to be and and so forth and so um i'm fortunate i i've we've talked a bunch during the show uh about team and having culture people around you and it's taken a long time but i'm so fortunate to be surrounded in both places uh by people by people that are probably better than me you know and that have the same belief system and love the same culture and want to have fun and get better and and we're all able to pick each other's slack up.
2: Yeah. Let me let me ask you one fun question I always wanted to talk to you about. Do you ever travel to the North, Annie? Every time yeah. I talk to you, you're in the South somewhere. Look, you got Old Palm. You got, you know, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. You've been, you know, you've been at St. We're, Simon's Island, you know, and we're at ac- uh, Mobile.
1: We're opening a golf school in Philadelphia this summer. Um, really? Yeah. Up at Bluebell Country Club uh, the Hanson family owns it. I've taught buddy, the one, the son, uh, one mm-hmm. son. And, uh, you know, Philly is actually where my grandfather's from who taught me how to play golf, which is where the name, the Dew sweeper came from a book about Pinehurst where he, reco- where he retired. And I learned to play and, uh, it was crazy close with my grandfather from South Philly, little Italian guy. <clears throat> and over the years, uh, his brother, my uncle, Nicky, and I uh, have become very close. And my aunt, Bonnie and Rosalie and all those folks. And so go, I was going up there and I did a little teaching up there. And, you know, I've done a couple things up Northeast. I'm obviously a Southern guy, but uh, uh, we're going to do some stuff in Philly this summer. We're hiring a, a young person to teach there and, and I'll, I'll spend a little time in Philly. I'll probably be up there four or five times over the summer and uh, be a chance to sure. know that it'll be the, pace that I go down here, I'd like to have a little more time to take my daughter up there to be around some family, my daughter, Abby and son-in-law Jay, and do some stuff like that and still teach and kind of grow something cool for what, you know, the, the Hanson family up there. I mean, we've all been around golf forever. Like when you find an owner, and an operator, like a guy that's really like a, a just they're, they really are great people and they wanted to kind of improve their teaching program and approached me. And I was like, well, this is a little outside the box because I'm not a Northern guy, but like you, there was some symmetry there with Philly and my uncle, Nicky. And so we're going to give it a try and have some fun, but going back to really the whole point of this, Jeff is like you said, we have fun. Right. And, yeah. and that's, it, you know, so, but yeah, I'm I've, mostly... I've been
2: through that area a little bit. My daughter played, uh, played golf at LaSalle university in Philly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got a, a really good great. friend of mine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting territory there. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what it's, it's, uh, as I go through there, you know, I'm out, I'm, I'm South of Indianapolis and there's not as much traffic and, you know, I get up into the Northeast a little bit and man, it's compressed up there. Geez, There's a bunch of people in a small amount. Well, South Florida is the same thing. Good Lord. Yeah, I,
1: you know, but it's, it, it is, there's obviously a lot of similarities, but you know, uh, you know, again, we talked off the air. I mean, I did a little bunch of stuff down in Miami and at Doral and yeah. Rick and those guys were great. But again, Miami has more of that feel to me. Very busy. You know, obviously there's a lot of folks from the Northeast and down yeah. in Palm, all that, but like Palm beach gardens, you know, and especially Jupiter in that area and Stuart I mean much more coastal feeling, you know, a yeah. little space and it's close to the keys. Everybody knows that listens to all my crap. Like I, we that's our that's our happy place down there in Key West, and and yep. so it's it's a few hours. It's a good bit closer, and allows me to get down there a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I got a couple of those. Uh, I got a couple of those little happy places, and I I got fortunate. We, uh, my wife and I have been we've had a, a spot to go to in Hilton Head for an awful long time. I mm-hmm. just love it there. I just do. I love it. Yeah, it's you one of our happy place. places. And I, you find I a spot yeah, I'd always find a place like that, but our other happy place is in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm fortunate enough to spend four months of my life in my happy place.
1: That's great. It's awesome I, when you find a place, situation oh, like Oh, it that. is.
2: You never know what's coming. You, you just don't know. So, you know, maybe that you'll have a new happy place in, in Philadelphia when you go up there. You know, you never know what,
1: what it'll be. I enjoy it from the family aspect, and I enjoy Italian food, and 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 the people up there are fun. Like I've had a good time getting to know, and I've teaching a fair group of people from the cricket club up there. I've gotten to know over the years, and um, have come to see me. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I I really enjoy Philly. And uh, as I've, I'm 51 now, as I'm trying to start trying to think how you, what more stuff do you want to do? I've really this little shy. I've really gotten into fishing right down in the keys and become good friends with. <clears throat> a captain down there, his name's juice, captain juice on Instagram. He's a great follow, but like teaching me sport fishing, right. You know, going yeah. out there on the boat early in the morning and taking our son and my wife going out there and doing that, and, you know, he's slammed busy, but he'll carve out some time and, uh, you know, trying to learn something new that I enjoy it. So I'm, I'm having a blast being, being more in South Florida. I guess I'm transitioning down there and, and, uh, I will never leave Mobile for sure, but but this Philly project's going to be fun. That's great.
2: All right, we got just a few minutes left. Now, here's the question I want to ask. As it relates to your students, it's not going to be a personal question, but which type of student actually gives you the most satisfaction and the one that you look forward to teaching and spending time with more than the other type?
1: That's a good question. Probably a you could say a junior golfer that's just really wanting to get better, right. That's a good athlete that, you know, is, is, and, and is a sponge, you know, you get these kids that are like a sponge, but <clears throat> you know, there's so much information out there now. I mean, I wouldn't say you limit it to kids because the heck I get 40, 50 year old men. I yeah. taught a 50 year old guy at old Palm the other day, 60 year old man that was like, uh, this guy's probably 50 sold a business. Like he just really wants to get good and he's willing to do whatever it is. So. I think as long as they're, they have the same energy or passion to get better that like I do in the lesson and I like teaching them. I still, I just still love teaching.
2: I, I do all the time and I, I would agree with you. The, to me, the one that I love the most is the one who wants to be there and just work at it because they're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the thing that trips my trigger, no matter what it is, no matter who they are, if that's the category of person, I don't want them to feel like they came and they have to work because they want to work. That's different than having to work. Right. So, you know, that's the, the personality trait, the the one that I want. So, um, so you've got a lot going on. So let's, let's wrap up. I want you to do a little shameless self-promotion of all your stuff, right? You got the Do Sweeper podcast. Tell me about that real fast.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's the tour coach podcast and it tour started off PGA tour radio several years back actually it was Lucas Glover's idea for me. Um, and it comes out weekly. It's just from my travels. And then, you know, I'm still on the air in Mobile, Alabama, but the best way to find me and everything going on is at the Dew sweeper on Instagram. We post stuff every day. We got a bunch on our YouTube page. If you look up the do sweepers on any of those, you'll find more about us and what's going on. That's
2: great. Is there a way that that our listeners today could just find you, besides on Instagram, they say, man, I like what this guy's putting down. I want to contact him for a golf lesson. How do they do it?
1: Go to dosweepersgolf.com. That's
2: it. a yep. big gigantic button, you just push it and go, bam, I want to- Go to
1: dosweepersgolf.com. There's a button on there that's book a lesson or take a lesson. has all our programs. Put your name in and your phone number and it shoots it right to our phone and we'll call you back text you back within an hour i promise
2: that's great all right i love it tony thank you so much for being yeah, on the please. show folks the great tony Ruggiero, one of the best teachers in the world has joined us today thank you so much for being on the show listen to the next episode we're going to have somebody else that's going to be a whole lot of fun don't miss out thank you very much